Uh, this morning in the Torah portion, uh, we all stood. We heard the Aseret brought the Ten Commandments. Certainly a remarkable section of, of the Torah in the sense that it contains both a dramatic scene and it has a dramatic narrative to it. The subject matter itself is very dramatic. The opening words of the Ten Commandments, while maybe not verbatim, you know, the gist of it, most people know. And that is, it is filled with the lots of no's. And that is, lo pesel utmuna. You will not make me into an image. You will not make images or statues of me. And of course, this is God speaking. God is speaking not only in declaring in the first commandment, that I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. God is identifying itself to the people that in a marketplace of gods, and our time is no different by the way, the gods we perhaps are in our marketplace are not religious anymore, but there's still a marketplace of things that command us. That in the marketplace of gods, the God of the Ten Commandments is telling the Jewish people that the God that took them out of Egypt is their God, and by extension, the God. And then God goes to command what cannot and should not be done in the allegiance and the worship of this God. Don't make pictures of me. Do not make statues of me. And if I can make a bold statement to say that of all the things that the Torah represents, a number of them certainly are highly revolutionary in the story, both anthropological, sociological, theological. Nothing compares to this. the shattering of the behavior of humans to attach physicality to things they feel is a well-understood and long-storied behavior. I remember I did, a, I did a funeral a few years ago and it was an elderly woman and one of the children told me that as she was cleaning up the apartment where her mother lived, she found at the bedside a series of picture frames that had pictures of her family, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and they were all covered with lipstick. Why? Because before she went to bed, she would kiss all the pictures. The desire for humans to find physical things to manifest what they love and what they care about is well understood by us. We do it, hopefully, with the people we love because love, if it is love, is an enacted emotion. You must show it for it to be real. And the desire for people out of fear and out of love to find material things by which to express their recognition of their God is also very ancient. You walk throughout the ancient world and even parts of the modern world and you see that people do build images of gods. And in their mind, they're not worshiping the image. 
the image is a manifestation of what they're worshiping. It's a conduit. It's a symbol of it. And yet God is saying to us in, the, in this morning that we're not allowed to do that. That in the face of something, let's break into a little theological language here, in the face of standing in front of something that is impossible to imagine, there are two options. One option is you make it possible. You build an image, you make a statue, and you say, All the, even though this is really beyond my comprehension, I'll make something to capture whatever it is I understand. And the other impulse is, in the face of the impossibility of seeing something and understanding it, you say, that's okay. I don't have to understand this entirely in order for me to know that it's true and real. That's Judaism's answer. We're prepared to accept the impossibility and live with it. Not everything has to be understood. You can live in front of the mystery of something. And at the same moment, even though you don't understand it and you can't explain it entirely, it doesn't mean you have to deny it. This idea is best seen in what comes sections later, but it connects to the Ten Commandments. Moses steps down from Har Sinai, from Mount Sinai, with the Ten Commandments in his hand, coming down from the mountain to deliver it to the people who are supposed to be waiting expectantly for it. These tablets, we are told, with the Ten Commandments were drafted with the Etzbah Elohim, with the finger of God, that it was written by God itself and merely given to Moses. And as Moses steps down from the mountain, you know what happens. He sees the Israelites worshiping a golden calf and of all things a calf because that was one of the gods of Egypt. And when Moses sees us, the dancing and the singing and the celebrating in front of this golden calf, Moses takes those tablets and he destroys them. He throws them to the ground. And as rich and a powerful a story as that is, you can only begin to imagine the volumes of rabbinic interpretation to try to explain this outrageous act because those tablets did not belong to Moses. They were from God. And all across the spectrum in, in the rabbinic interpretation, there are those who are supportive and those who condemn and those who are in the middle. And there was a 19th century rabbinic scholar. His name was Rav Meir from Devinsk. He wrote a series of books. The most well-known one is called the Meshech Chochmah, The Price of Wisdom. And he says the following. He says, because God said, you're not allowed to make any images of me or make any statues of me. When Moses saw the Israelites dancing with the golden calf and worshiping it, Moses took the tablets that God had given him, which were representative of God, and he destroyed them. Why? Because he was fulfilling the first commandment. No images, no intermediaries, nothing that represents God in this world. Nothing of God that is of God. So with that said, how do we find God in this world? Not a small question. 
I want to offer you an idea from another theologian, this one from the 20th century, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, a child of Poland who went to England and then after the war came to the United States. Heschel says that because humans are created in the image of God, it says in the biblical text that man and woman, humanity, were created that God created us in the image of God. And Heschel goes on to say that we are not allowed to make pictures of God or statues of God or idols of God, but there are copies of God in this world. And that's me and you. The challenge the Torah puts in front of us is the hardest of them all. And that is it is easy, it is easy to admire and worship and care for God. The harder challenge is, is to admire and love and care for each other. That if we are the copies of God in this world, the way that we make God's presence felt in this world is by caring for one another, by being gentle and understanding, considerate and forgiving, not jumping to conclusions, giving people the benefit of the doubt. It's easier said than done. But in the Torah portion for this morning, the idea of humans being manifest of that is so keenly understood by Jews and our deep communality with each other, our connection with each other, and the abiding idea shared and spoken by Elie Wiesel, who said, that Judaism's message in this world is not to make the world more Jewish. There are no crusades, no proselytizing missions. Jews don't go knock on doors and hand out pamphlets to people and ask them if they've heard the good news. The point of Judaism is not to make the world more Jewish, but more human. Shabbat Shalom.